How do I know if I'm getting good therapy? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. Good question, Tyler. Um, you're, you're coming to me if you're getting good therapy, right? <laughs> well, that sounded so conceited. Um, <laughs> uh, or you're going to Tyler, right? So, okay. Uh, before we answer that question, uh, really quick review, but it's, I like it. It'll feed our ego even more today. It says, you guys are just so awesome. I love the Patrick brothers. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. The last thing we need is more ego this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're feeding it all over the place, man. Uh, I, well, hey, I'm playing golf later today, so that'll go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like that to humble you pretty quickly. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So that's why I play. So, <laughs> um, well, Tyler, uh, we've got a great question. I think uh, we've, I, how long have you been doing therapy? Oh boy, since, you know, probably for 15 plus years now. Yeah, a long time. Um, in all the years that you've done therapy, have you done good therapy every day? Um, no, in fact, it's funny. I, I sometimes even tell my clients this, that we're doing the best we can with what we have to work with. And 20 years from now, people are going to be going like, man, like that guy was an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But, here's no the truth is, is that we're learning and we're growing. And, and honestly, like, I know, I know for a fact that when I was in graduate school and I was doing my internships and things that I was, I had the heart for it, true passion for it, but I just didn't quite have the understanding and the skill set that I do now. And, uh, and I, there's a lot of people that I think about that I've seen over the years that I wish I could go back with what I know now and uh and make some changes for sure oh my gosh i cringe when i think about some of the counsel and some of the stuff i did in in the early years and i hope i don't you know 10 years from now look back at now and cringe you know i i hope i figured some things out but but seriously i sucked and i did some things that were not helpful and um it what sucks about it is my clients, some were the guinea pigs because I was learning. I was growing. I was learning, and I wouldn't have the knowledge and understanding and experience now if I if if I didn't be kind of a bad therapist then. Um, I think so, I think the key to that, Brandon, is is that 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 we both acknowledge that we're continually in our own learning process. I do think that you and I probably have a lot more knowledge and a lot more expertise, and we're pretty we're pretty like good at the, at what we specialize in now. Um, and the truth is, is that we're still growing and learning and that's how it should be. But you're right. Like I feel the same way I was learning, growing. And, uh, I still think I did a lot of good in those past years, but I know I could have done better. Let, okay. Let me ask you another question that has less to do with us and how bad, look, we've gone on up and down, like our egos high and now we're talking about how yeah, bad we, just, we, we suck. So crap out of yeah. So, but okay. <laughs> Okay. Next question is, have you ever met with clients who have talked about their previous experience with therapy and they tell you some of the stuff that the therapist has had them do or has said to them and it just makes you cringe. It just is like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. Um, 
I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of an example of one. This one's actually one that's been fairly common in our world, and uh, this just happens to be maybe a difference in value systems and things too. But I'm working with couples who overcome betrayal, trauma, infidelity, sexual addictions, things like that, and they go to a therapist, and the therapist, with no understanding of what happens with, say, something like betrayal, trauma, or even sexual addiction really well-intendedly tells the couple to start watching pornography together. And, um, and in my brain, I'm sitting there thinking, how is that going to help with any sort of stabilization in terms of trust and safety? Uh, it's, it's, it's missing the point. Basically the therapist is trying to step in to improve like a sexual relationship when they don't understand that a sexual relationship is, should be based off of safety and trust first. Yes. And, uh, and then, yeah. So, and that's just one example. Let me get, can I give you another one? I heard this week, I heard two days ago, um, the client came in and they were doing what's called a full disclosure. So that this therapist was going to take them into this full disclosure and do a full disclosure. And the therapist had no training in, in betrayal, trauma, recovery, sex addiction, or whatever. Um, the, the husband started in on the full disclosure and the wife kind of looked away and started to shut down. And the therapist turned to the wife and said, how dare you shut down right now? He is being so vulnerable and he's opening up his soul to you. Uh, I mean, you, you get it, Tyler, how crazy that is for a therapist to do that in that moment. Right. Um, and, and so, and, and things like that infuriate me because um, that's not helpful to 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 the guy who's doing the the disclosure, and that's not helpful to her. And and there's an element of of trauma that exists where the professional, the the person who's supposed to help you, the person you're paying to help you, actually does the opposite of what's actually helpful for you, and it leaves this feeling of like, oh my gosh, like will I ever? be able to get better? Um, can I ever navigate through this and heal? Because it seems like we're going backwards. Yes. Well, and, and I think with that, Brandon, this is a question that we actually get quite a bit. You know, we're kind of like lumping a whole bunch of different kinds of questions into this one op- episode today, but we frequently get the question on, I, I, I feel like my therapist is almost working counterproductive to where I want to be going. And um, I, I yes. wonder if I'm getting good therapy. It's almost like I, they, they wonder because there's this sort of power differential between a therapist and a client that they feel like, well, I better just do whatever the therapist says, even though there's a piece of me that feels twisted up inside about it. And, um, and, but, and but go ahead. But Tyler, there's these conflicting things, which is I actually believe that a really good therapist is going gonna, is gonna to be direct, be blunt. They're going to push you. They're going to challenge you. So if, if you're, if, you know, therapy is like going to the dentist a little bit, it's, it's uncomfortable. And if you're not being challenged and feeling uncomfortable, then it's not good therapy. But so, so what happens a lot of times, Tyler, and I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you is, is clients fire us. They fire you. If you turn and you say, I want to challenge you. I want to push you. I want to, and it, because it's like, ah, this isn't, this isn't what I want to hear. Um, I don't want that type of help. I'm out of here. Um, that's different than actual bad therapy. 
Right. right. You see what that's, I'm saying? That's the hard thing to distinguish is that when you come to therapy, it is, it's not, it's not like going to the spa. It's like, it's like going to the gym and working out and it hurts and it's hard and it's painful because change is tough, like changes, but it's, it's necessary. And that's, there's a necessary kind of pain to changing, but then there's the, the, also there's the unnecessary kind of pain that goes along with almost a betrayal of your own values. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that therapists, they get too involved. They, their unhealthiness, they get too wrapped up in the client and they just, they steer them in the wrong direction. Well, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, maybe some things, and we can maybe list off a few of these things, Brandon, that I think would be good for people listening to the podcast to think about is that when you go to a therapist, um, you want to you make sure that the therapist is confident enough in who they are that they're willing to be fired if need be. Absolutely. And, and so many different therapists are in the game of not wanting to lose a client because of their, the business aspect of it. I want the money. Yeah. That, yep. that they will, that they will not do what the right thing is sometimes. Yes. This no, happens all the time, you know? And so, and, and so it becomes this thing where, and, and the other reason why is that a lot of therapists want the client so bad that they are willing to take on types of clients that they don't actually have the right kind of training and expertise. Yeah. Happens all the time. And, uh, um, and, and, and that's, I still believe that most therapists are doing the best they can. And they most mostly have passion for wanting to help people, but, um, but you want to be looking for a, a therapist that can actually stand in those spaces a little bit and, and be willing to hold some of that tension that can sometimes be there. I think, uh, I think bad therapy, the roots of bad therapy do come from a selfish need for, I, I don't want to lose you as a client because, because if you, if you follow, like, if you follow that train of thought down a ways, you can start to see the consequences. It's like, okay, I know you're totally deceiving yourself. I know you're totally hurting your spouse. I know you're totally doing all these things, but I'm going to smile and be like, yeah, yeah, you're wonderful. You're great. You're ex that client is not being helped um, in any way. Another reason why therapists won't, be willing to be fired is they get kind of codependent and they want to be liked by their, by their client is, Oh, I just want you to like me. I want to be friends. I, I, you know, I, I want you to think that I'm nice or good. And, and for those reasons, it's, a, it's hard. What, what clients really want, the only way to healing is to face reality, is to see reality, to own reality, to step into it and then work through it. And if you can't get there with your client because you're tiptoeing around everything because you want the money or you want them to like you or those type of things, you're not going to actually help the client. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's those things. I also, Tyler, I do think, and look, I love therapists more, more than anyone. I mean, I work with tons of therapists. I train therapists. Therapists are the best people, um, but there are um, there are therapists out there who are are vicious, prideful, um, just people who are out to get power and make money, and they can be very convincing. They can be very, very. They can speak with 
power and be convincing and get a lot of people to listen to them and then lead them astray. And it's those type of therapists that, that I actually do a lot of the cleanup work with because, because the, the clients will go there and, and, and it's almost like a cult mentality, like drink it in because this therapist has this, you know, almost God persona of, I know everything because I'm a therapist and they lead them down these pathways of destruction and disconnection and to pull back from those beliefs and the things they've been taught from that therapist can actually be kind of scary and kind of hard. Um, do you know what I'm talking about, Tyler? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, as you're, as you're saying all of these things, Brandon, I think this is kind of kind of come back all the way around to the question that we started with today. A lot of people listening to this have probably had that kind of experience in therapy before. And, and again, that's a different experience than just being pushed and not liking it and, and, and leaving. It's, it's truly feeling like maybe that, that their, their best interest wasn't in the interest of the therapist. And um, so the question then is, is how do I know, how do I select good therapy? How do I find good therapy? How do I, um, how do I know that I'm going to be in the right spot? Well, Tyler, you know, it's interesting. I, I got a call yesterday. I get calls from family members, from friends, from, and they, it's like this, this assumption that I just kind of know everything and I have it all figured out because I'm a therapist, right? Like I, I know everything about every little nuance of somebody's marriage and they should do this or they should do that. And the fact of the matter is, is I think any therapist who thinks that they know it all and they have it all figured out really is in a dangerous place to do a lot of damage. Um, there, there's good therapy. There's an element of expertise mixed with an element of humility and an element of, I, I love, I, I, I love this about therapy, Tyler, but it's not so scientific. You have to really evaluate and analyze the situation um, to, to help somebody move forward. Um, and, and so with that evaluation, there's gotta be this humility because you got to back up and say, okay, like I, I, I know all these things, but how does this fit here? Um, if I'm a know-it-all, then I'm, I'm rigid and I'm just going to automatically judge people and tell people what is right. Yeah. And and what it'll, what, what that prevents is the ability. This is the paradox is that one of the number one factors for having good therapy is your relationship with the therapist. Yes. And and that's that's been shown in research to say, if you have a good relationship with your therapist, the prognosis for therapy to turn out good is high, but, Um, but, but, but you can't be, but, but the therapist can't just be best friends. The therapist has to show up with, and this is the, this is sort of that like dialectical thing that we always talk about on our show is the therapist needs to have expertise there's, there's people coming because they want new education, new expertise, they want new perspective. And at the same time, the therapist needs to know how to package that expertise together based off of the relationship they have with the client. Yes. So I, like I look at my, my training, I have a lot of training. We've been in this world long enough, Brandon, that we've, we've got hours and hours and hours of training, right? That, but that training in therapy, what's so weird about it is so often which principles come into play and which situations hinge on it. 
I lost you, Tyler. Are you still there? We'll see if you come back on. Uh, he was making a really good point, but here, here's something I want you to consider is clients. It looks like you're back, Tyler. Okay. Um, I lost you for a second. Um, and it sounds, you were making a really good point. Um, but let me, let me say this and, and see, see what, how you feel about it here. One of the issues is a boundary issue is clients want to come into therapy, pay the money and have somebody fix them. So it, you know, we say it's like the dentist, but it's not like the dentist totally. Um, where we're not mechanics. Um, what, what the problem is, is they want to come in and they actually, um, put too much stock in, in, in us, right. Which, which in turn makes us totally responsible for their healing. And the fact of the matter is what is so, so important to really know whether you're getting good help or not is not to just, just drink the Kool-Aid totally. Humility is not just drinking the Kool-Aid. It's actually tapping into your intuition trusting your gut and, and then going forward. So like I, I got trained under a therapist who was very convincing, very bold, very direct and would lead people astray like crazy. And a lot of people knew she was leading them astray, but they didn't want to take personal responsibility and accountability for themselves. They wanted to just follow her and have her take them to the promised land. She was taking nobody to the promised land. Um, and, and, but it was so much easier to just be like, well, I'll follow her because even though my gut says some things are off, my gut says some things aren't okay. I'm just going to roll with this because it's too scary to challenge it. And, 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 and there is a difference between, like your gut saying this doesn't feel right and dang it, this is uncomfortable because that therapist is challenging me. I like the challenge. I want that. This is uncomfortable, but my gut saying stick with this because this feels right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And you're kind of getting, you're kind of getting to one element, I think that will indicate whether or not you've got a good therapist. And that is, is if you feel something is off or wrong, or it's stretching you and you don't quite fully understand it, you should have the relationship with them that allows you to go and press against that. Yes. And, and, to, and to have a dialogue that's not going to turn into the therapist shutting you down and telling you you're wrong, but to actually be this sort of like curious discovery that can happen between the two of you, you know, and yes. I had this, I had this happen just a few weeks ago. I had a, a client who, I'd said some things in one group and then the next group, I said something that felt like it was totally contradictory and it didn't sit well with her at all. And she stewed on it for like a couple of weeks. And she was like, man, like this feels like, it feels like I'm getting mixed messages. It feels like hypocrisy. It feels like there's something wrong here. And finally she sent me an email and said, Hey, here's my situation. This is how I'm feeling. And this is what I'm thinking. And um, boy, I was so grateful that she was willing to speak up. Because it yes. gave me a chance to really think about the things that I had said in both of those situations and to try to, in my own space, find the truth in both sides of what I said. And then we were able to have a discussion and, and we're able to clear that up together. And I think, I think she and I are both better off as a result. Um, but you want to have a, a, a relationship with a therapist that allows you the space to push back sometimes and to, Absolutely. Get, and to, get, some, uh, to get some fresh perspective 
without it having to be one way or the other. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I love that. Um, I actually think, what do you think about this, Tyler? I think um, a good, a really, really good therapist um, that you, if you're a client, can be a bad fit with that therapist. Yes. So, so like the therapist is who they are and they're, they're good at motivating people and communicating and connecting, but maybe not with you. Maybe there's some transference there. Maybe there's a transference. That means they remind you of your mother yeah. or whatever. Or, uh, there's some transference there. It just is not a good fit. And so it's okay to say it's not a good fit. Well, yeah. What, yeah. what you got to go ahead, Tyler. I want to I just go along with that for a minute, Brandon. I think this is one of the things that, that could, we could help ourselves as therapists and we could also help our clients a lot better if we would just acknowledge that. I, w- I was trained in dialectical behavioral therapy. And one of the premises of that therapy is that our clients can never fail. Only we can fail our clients. And really what that's getting at is, is that sometimes I'm not the right fit for the client and it yes. doesn't mean that they're failing. It means that they need to have the right fit. And, and there have been times in the past where I've met with this client once or twice and things just aren't clicking properly. Maybe it's a personality thing, or maybe it's a values thing or something. And I, and I, I have said, Hey, look, here's a few other therapists that you might really connect with. And then they leave. And I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there only to find out that three or four or five months later, I get a new client and I say, Hey, how did you find out about me? And the person who I'd referred out yes. has referred me and said, Hey, he's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so it actually could help. It helps the client themselves, but it also helps the whole idea of like getting the right fit for, for every, every therapist to be able to, use their gifts in the best way for the right people. Absolutely. um, That's, that's a hard thing to come by. It's such a kind of a tricky thing because I, what we're saying is absolutely true. Um, And uh, you know, I've, I've worked with, with people who, who come to me and I'm like their, their 19th therapist or whatever. And, and I can tell, you know, we get, we get in a session or two and I can tell, you know, if, if I really want to help them move forward and get unstuck, like I really want to do that work with them, that the moment that I, I, I really try to do that, they're going to bail and go to the 20th therapist. Um, and, and they could say, well, Brandon just wasn't a good fit. And at that, at that moment, that's not about me. It's not about me not being a good fit. It's actually about that client stopping and saying, why have I been through 19 therapists? What, what's happening here? Why am I bailing so much? Um, what am I so as- afraid of to actually step in and actually do some therapy, right? Yes, totally, um, 100%. And, and so again, we're talking middle ground here. It's like, it's the both end of I need to be stretched, but I also need to make sure that I've got a couple things in place here. Um, yes. I want to I wanna maybe just outline a few sort of principles that I kind of tell people when they ask me this question about how do I get the right therapist? Um, maybe just some bullet points for our listeners if they're okay. wondering if they've got the right therapist and wondering if they should go find the right therapist. Um, the first one is, is that when you do an intake with your therapist, you should ask questions. And the first bullet point is, is this therapist trained in the kind of help that I'm looking for. Yeah, specialization. I'm a big believer in it. Yeah, there should be a specialization for for some of the things that I'm struggling with. So you know, you're you've got broad level 
you know, anxiety and depression and almost every therapist has got some training in that. But when you start to buckle down into trauma or betrayal or infidelity or, or anything else, then you want to have a therapist. Be cautious of a therapist. That's a Jack of all trades. Like be cautious of that. I, I, I look for a specialist for the problem that I'm looking for. That's number one. Number two, does this therapist actually harbor similar values to my own value system? Yes. So that I'm not going to be feeling like I'm clashing all of the time with something. Now, there's nothing wrong with being pressed on and being curious with other values, but but you want to have somebody who's in alignment with the direction you want to be going. Yeah. Number number three is, does this person really feel like they genuinely care about me as a person? Uh, can I Can I see myself developing a relationship of trust where this is two human beings sharing some of that humanity, even though there's an expectation of expertise and, and guidance. Um, and if I, those things are in play, then, then, and then the last one is, is hey, hang they- on Tyler. I, can I speak to that one? Because that's one of my favorites um, because I, you know, w- working with, with sex addicts or people look at them as perverts and the, the worst, you know, whatever. And, and the fact of the matter is, is, when I have someone come in my office who's struggling with a sex addiction, um, I I do feel like God, a, God has given me a gift of of unconditional positive regard. Like I, they will feel from me that I absolutely love them. Um, I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to like do those type of things, but they're going to feel that I see their goodness. I see their their nobility. I understand who they actually are. And, and that tool, when they feel that from me, now I have influence. Now I have influence to hold them accountable, to push them, to help them. But when they feel like I'm judging them or I think they're less than or they're not okay, they're, they're, what their spouse says about what a monster they are is actually true. If they just feel that from me, I'm not going to be very effective as a therapist with them. That's beautiful. I, that's, that's perfect, Brandon. That's exactly where I was going with the last point that I was going to say here. If they're looking for the recipe of finding a good therapist is, is this person willing to try to balance the push for acceptance? I, I mean, balance acceptance of where I'm at and a push for change. Yeah. Can, can they do both? Can they say, I see you. I, I do have some unconditional positive regard for you. I can build trust with you. And as a result of having that trust, I can push. Yes. Um, and, and, and if you get that, then you're in good shape. And I, and I recommend to people, if they're looking for a therapist, look, go down that criteria right there and do three or four intakes with three or four different therapists before you make a decision. Yeah, but yeah. then, but then once you make a decision, if it gets uncomfortable, don't quit. Like, you know, if it's uncomfortable, cause it's stretching you. That means that therapist is doing a good job. Yeah. So the, the, uh, you know, the push for change, Tyler, I think another way I'd like to say that is the therapist is, is willing to be honest with you. <clears throat> and, you know, I've gotten, I get this look from my clients sometimes of like, you're the only person who would actually say that to me. Everybody else dances around things. Everybody else is avoidant of that thing, but you're the only person who is that honest with me. So I really trust you. And I really hate what you just said to me. <laughs> yeah, I want to punch you in the face, but I appreciate it. But th- you love me. You love me enough to fight for me to say that uncomfortable thing because 
you care about me and then you're going to be honest with me. And it comes back to what you were saying earlier about being willing to get fired, being willing to have them be mad at me, whatever I need to do. If I, if I, if I can be honest with them, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Brandon, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, just that there is still a difference in styles and that different styles of therapists can still be beneficial. Do you remember when we were like pretty young, wet behind the years and you started that online group and we did an online group together Oh, I know exactly what you're talking. I, hey, I have I have actually changed a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> well, that's 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 my point here. Is I think it's a, I think it's a good story to tell here because because I think I have too, and I think both of us have actually come come towards the middle where you know Brandon and I were running this group on an online group with people, and it was almost like every week it was good cop bad cop. And, <laughs> Brennan would show up and he would just like nail our clients to the wall with accountability. And then I'd come in and I'd be like, well, you know, I can totally see where you're coming from and I love you. And, you know, like and, and then me and Brandon would sit afterwards after the, the group was over and be like, why did you do it that way? And I'd be like, why did you do it that way? And yeah, and, and both yeah. of us have kind of come to the, the a little bit more as we've developed as therapists into the middle where I think my, well, approach, is still, my approach is still a little bit more, um, a little bit less direct than your approach is. Yeah. I mean, I... I was trained by by a therapist that I I don't really respect that much to be honest with you. But one thing she did teach me was how to just be blunt. Mm -hmm. And so and so then I just started showing up as a hard ass like okay, I'll just let's just get down to it. This is the this is the truth. Boom 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 boom. And I, I discovered something. And, th and th this is a uh, as we were talking about sucking as a therapist, this is this is where I was cutting my teeth and and really learning. I did discover that um, positive regard and unconditional love are the, are the most important tools. And so, so like really to, to drive that home, but then to bring in some of that directness and that bluntness and that honesty, the, the combination of those things, that's what, where you can actually influence people for, for good and help them get unstuck. And so they've got to feel, they've got to feel both. And it, it's both has to be there. So I've toned it down quite a bit. I'm not just the hard ass who yells at my clients all the time. Um. Well, and, and, and Brandon, to the other side of that, when I was cutting my teeth, I was in that spot of the first place where you were saying where it's like, I'm so afraid of offending anybody that I don't, yeah. I don't say anything. And now it's like, I've learned to cut my teeth into saying, well, it's okay if there's a little bit of tension and conflict here. I yeah. still happen to be really heavy on the positive regard. But, um, but what I'm getting at here is, is that, a good therapist can still have a wide range of different sort of personality and style, but you're just looking for those kind of core principles to be. Yes. I, I, uh, I want to tell a quick story. So I, when I first started, um, and first started thinking about private practice, this was like, I don't know how long ago, 11 or 12 years ago or long time ago. Um, I, I went to this group and, and at this group, these, this couple came and they were guest speakers and they came and they started telling their story of recovery and healing and how, how much better they are. And in that, in that, as they were speaking, they started to say how great the therapist was that helped them change and how wonderful she was and how awesome she is and how amazing she is and how they, how she changed their life. And I remember listening to them and thinking, you know what, if, if one couple says that about me, um, then I, I made it like I, I did it. Like I'm, I arrived, like my, my career was worth it. Like, this is awesome. And I remember thinking that, 
And at the time, I wasn't really retaining clients. Um, I wasn't building a caseload. Clients would come in, they would leave. Um, and I, could, I was trying to figure out, why am I not retaining clients? What's happening? Um, and I realized something. I realized that I was trying to use my clients for my own validation. And I have since had, I don't know how many couples come into my groups and sing my praises and whatever, leave, leave me review. And the fact of the matter is, Tyler, is, is it's nice. I, hey, we appreciate your, your reviews, you guys. I'm not saying we don't. But when it comes to my self-worth and when it comes to like what I need in my life, it doesn't hold any weight. I don't really care that much. Uh, I do care about people healing, but I don't care that much about them saying that I'm awesome. And, and that made me such a better therapist because now I'm not using my clients anymore. Right. Their therapy is about them. They're coming in for their healing. Um, and, and so, yeah, it feels good to see people heal, but I don't need it for my own self-worth. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And, and I think what you're also getting at, Brandon, is a deeper principle here that I think both of us probably agree on in terms of too often the therapist in their own security takes the responsibility of fixing everything. When yes. in reality, we happen to just be a vehicle with some information and with some guidance and with some relationship that we can offer some different perspectives. But ultimately the change happens between the individual doing the work, they do all the work, they do yes, all the work. Yes. And, and ultimately it's usually with in the context of a higher power. And so we often as therapists can get in the way of that if we're pursuing our own, you know, ego instead yep. of instead of it truly being about being almost like a almost almost like a transparent conduit between the, the client and the truth. Exactly. I, I love the way you said that. God, a good therapist, God is working through them and they, they don't need to get caught up in having to fix their clients because they can be boundaried and hand, hand that back over to their client and either their client's going to fix themselves and do the work between them and God or they're not. Um, but a good therapist will have that boundary and not have to fix the client for their own validation as a therapist. Right. Yeah. Great point, Brandon. This is good stuff, Tyler. Um, you know, I, I just want to challenge people. If you're going to therapy and you've listened to this episode and your gut saying like, I know our therapy is not that good, um, to, to listen to that. Another thing that I want to say on this episode, and, and this is a hard thing to say and it sucks. Um, but right now getting in with good therapy can be really hard um, the demand for good therapy is really high. And so the best therapists are expensive and they're booked out. Um, now I'm saying that just so you, you understand that. So you kind of know what to expect as you're searching for a good therapist. Um, but what I would say is to be persistent, um, God will open up a way for you to find the help that you need. Um, don't get too discouraged don't quit in trying to get that help. Um, if you want help, Tyler and I can guide you and direct you. Um, you go to lovestrong.org, is it Tyler? Dot com. Lovestrong.com or go to therapyutah.org. And we are in contact with a ton of therapists, training them 
um, just just really knowing who's good and who's not. So we can we can guide you toward good therapy as well. Awesome. Thanks, Brandon. Those of you who are listening, this is an interesting topic for us to talk about, Brandon. It's almost like, you know, when you, when you work with your clients and you, uh, you have them start digging into some family of origin stuff and they're, you know, they feel like they're betraying their parents if they acknowledge something is wrong. It's almost like we're doing that to our industry right now. And it's like this weird feeling. <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, it's, it's like the power company, you know, they, they do all these commercials about how to, how to not use power. It's like, you know, it seems counterproductive, you know? but, it, but it's true. But I don't, I don't want people to end up in an office with a bad therapist. No, it doesn't help anybody. So yeah. I think it's a good, good thing to talk about today. A great question that was posed to us. I know that that's, we, we wrapped up a whole bunch of different questions into this one today, but yeah. thank you guys for listening. If you're finding value here, continue to share it with others. We're looking to just have a reach to make some difference in the lives of people for good. Awesome, guys. We'll see you later.